The following pendant production. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the commentary matter. for The Listen Kingery, Season 6, Episode 8, Coming Home to Roost. Uh, I am the writer and director of this episode, Jared Page, and uh, the way things worked out, you'll be hearing from me solo this episode. So, uh, hopefully I will not be too boring. Uh, we'll jump right into it here with Asa, played by Carl Glassmeyer, walking down the thoroughfare. Um... I wanted to have a kind of an establishing scene as I wrote this episode to kind of show what the, was going on at the Kingery, um, just in general. Uh, a lot of what happens in this episode are behind office doors and amongst, you know, I mean, characters talking, and I, I, I kind of wanted to show people, okay, this is still going on at the Kingery. We've got, uh, you know, the Shiro Kage matches, fight, Shiro Kage matches are fight going on. We've got people scalping tickets. Um, people are still working, at looking for shenanigans, uh, looking for some action there. Um, although you'll notice that they, uh, our prostitute played by Anna Rodriguez, um, said that there were spaces available, and um, so it's not quite as busy as has as it has been. But uh, and that may be partially due due to what we encountered. Uh, last there was some cops hassling a tourist about his ID and seeing where he was going and and uh, so Hello, Mr. Asa. so that kind of um, kind of sets the scene for how things are going on at the Kingery uh, I talked over most everybody there so I apologize but as I mentioned Asa played by Carl Glassmeyer we heard Anna Rodriguez as the prostitute we had uh, Patrick Lewis as the ticket scalper um, Bruce Busby was Officer Cruz and then we also had uh, a series of tourists Roy E. Mills Jr., Hannah Jang Condal, Logan Nance, Michael Liebman, and I was also in there playing a um, John looking to score a prostitute. I tell you, um, and so now we followed Asa inside uh, SOL. Um, and and we introduce a new character into the Kingery, Eunice, played by Libby Davis. Excuse me, Libby Davis. Libby, welcome to the cast. Um, the reason we have Eunice uh, is because Tithia, we know, has got a lot on her plate and a lot of things are going on with, um, you know, bringing back her dead father and all. So she, I, I felt like... It, we needed somebody to be manning the front of SOL. She can't obviously be doing it all on her own. And so that is where Eunice came from. And it'll be interesting to see how she develops. Uh, as we um, previously saw with uh, Zeph, who kind of had the same role at Shenanigans and has turned into a really fun um, major character in the show. So we'll see what happens with Eunice. Um... And so now we see that Hooks was actually on his way over to SOL to... Did I say Hooks? I meant, uh... Pardon me. Asa was on his way over to SOL to chat with Hooks um, and congratulate him and thank him for all the hard work he's been doing, for all the things that are being fixed. Um, and as we uh, find out later in this episode, it's Proc who's been doing all that. Uh, as we 
um, no, when Asa meets Proc here. Uh, of course, Tithia, played by Catherine Pride. And here comes Proc, played by James Rossi, walking around the corner, talking about fixing the image clarity of something. I'm guessing his television. That's, I guess that's what I was thinking when I wrote that. And so we have... Uh, Asa getting his first look there at Proc and seeing Tithia's dead father walk in and has a very appropriate reaction of son of a bitch. Now we are in Tommy's office. Tommy, of course, played by uh, Pete Milan and Major, played by MCRO Garcia. Major's been having a rough go of it. Um, we've seen uh, her lose her cool several times. The she kind of most recently at Upshaw's, the liquor store, when she there you go threw some asshole cop around a liquor store. So Major, I've already got the cops crawling up my ass at every opportunity. I don't need you up there too. I'm not paying you to fuck me. No, that's Maddie's job. Ouch. So, there you go. Uh, Are we done here? Tommy speaking figuratively there. I'm not paying you to fuck me. And then Major retorts that that's Maddie's job. And now we are at the root of what's going on with Major. Well, apparently I do. Either that or you've got some kind of a fucking death wish talking to me. Do you remember how you got this job? I mentioned in the um, commentary last month with, um, no, sorry, I wasn't in the commentary. I mentioned in my uh, TWIP interview with Jordan, with Jordan, um, he was talking about uh, what's more difficult to write or direct, um, and I mentioned that, you know, that the writing has been beneficial because there's a... I mean, the writing is made easier because of the writing staff that's already existing. Um, and I mentioned at that time that uh, Pete Milan has helped me some with, with Tommy Arkell. Uh, for some reason, because he's kind of the... For some reason, for me, he's been the hardest voice to quite nail. Um, and so this scene actually um, went under... You know what? I don't have It went through a couple revisions. Um Go home. And most of those suggestions sure came I from Pete, and so I really appreciate those comments. All the other writers you also weighed in on, on, on some things in this discussion, in this conversation here, too. Get your fucking um, together. And so... Pill, massage, whatever you have to do, and then so this... Pete deserves this is, at least uh, partial credit for this scene. Uh, the line, uh, specifically the line about take a pill, get a massage, and yes. that... Boys. That came from Pete. Good. Initially, I had um, Tommy. Initially, the, the writers were concerned that we were comparing Major too much to Jawbone when, you know, Jawbone was a rapist, and what's going on with Major is nothing compared to that. So, with working with the other writers and with Pete, we I think we came into it just to remind her that you know that. The reason I brought Jawbone into it is because I felt like Tommy would want to remind Major that, you know, this is what happens when people, people screw up. But at the same time, we didn't want to equate her disrespect or this thing, that, you know, her 
her kind of rogue um, activities as compared to what Jawbone was doing, whose activities were much more uh, egregious. Um, and so now we are hearing our very first... Um, very first, uh, uh, well, we heard a little bit on the TV of Shiro Kaji, but you couldn't really hear what was going on. It was actually, um, you know, could have been any sporting event on TV, although they, they talked about it being Shiro Kaji. But, but here we hear um, our fight announcer, who does an awesome job, Phil Dawson. Love him as the fight announcer. Dave Morgan is the color commentator. Those two are a great team. And if you'll... This was a really challenging scene to mix, and um, I, I, you know, the fact that I wrote this episode, I was kind of envisioning it a certain way as I as I wrote it, and obviously the advantage I had of being the director is I knew what I was what I was trying to do, but um, we actually start the scene in the arena with Shiro Kage Arena, and then uh, at some point we fade in to where. To where socks, uh, played by Renee Christine Jones and Zeph, played by Brian Reed, are watching the fight on TV. Um, Glass Joe, by the way, uh, his oofs and getting his butt kick sounds. Uh, Dave Morgan uh, plays Glass Joe. Um, yes, it's the same Dave who's the color commentator, but uh, certainly a different role. So Dave is commentating on himself, getting his butt kicked. So, oh, don't look so surprised. But uh, so it was really quite tricky to mix because technically. It's two scenes, but they run together, and the conversation between Zeff and Sox is going on simultaneously with the fight going on TV. So what I had to do was really just mix it all as one scene. Um, mix it all as one scene with no filtering for the TV at first, just to make it like... So we were in the arena and the apartment at the same time. And then I would mute certain tracks as I saved the episode, so I created different versions of the scene, muting out for one thing, muting out stuff that happened in the arena, the other part, muting out what happened in Sox's apartment, and mixing those together, and filtering the... Anyway, it's making it sound more complicated than it was, but I was pretty happy with the way it turned out, because I really thought you, the listener could feel like they were in the arena and then all of a sudden they were in Sox's apartment in the, you know, you can almost, you can almost see, you know, zooming out of the TV, you know, and then suddenly you're watching it on TV. And I thought that was a, a cool effect. Um, I don't know. And so Sox and Zeph are now, uh, they have located um, Sox's mother, they believe, or a location where she has been, and so they're getting her ready to go. Zeph is helping her pack and having a little touching moment here. And that's why I want you to find your mother. If there's someone else out there who cares about you, they should be part of your life, you know? Yeah. And no matter what happens with your mother, we'll be right here waiting for you when you come home. And um, yeah. Brian Reed here, uh, the line coming up where he's Hand going through um, 
what socks has packed so far and kind of being a fashion diva here i think it's pretty funny but uh this so lucky i'm here right now Fashion disaster averted. So most of this, I kind of introduced the line, and then I said, "Ad lib more playful criticism of Sox's wardrobe." And so, this stuff you hear at the end is is Brian Reed's creativity. I thought he did a great job with that. I really like writing uh, Sox and Zeff, so I hope they. I hope we get to do lots more of those. So now we're back in SOL, and uh, we have Proc Asa and um, Tithia, and we can see that Proc is, you know, Proc should know Asa, but he doesn't quite remember him. Um, and that might be my favorite line. I, I, I talked over it, but my favorite. I got. To, this is the first time I've really been able to write Proc. Um, well, because he's been dead, but I did. Ha I did bring him back in a dream, if you'll remember, um, in an episode I wrote, where um, back when Hooks was kind of moving in with Devi, not officially, but they were. And, and Hooks was making breakfast like Proc used to do, and was singing a song and. Tithia wakes up and she hears Proc's voice and then realizes it's actually Hooks. Stop. Had the familiar thing of her father and then finds out it's not really there. So, but this is the first time I got to write the actual Procisms because before he was just singing a song. Um, and so, I will not shit still was was my favorite. Doesn't seem fair. And hell, most of the time it ain't fair. Nothing about my life is fair. That may be so. And Asa now trying to reason with Tithia somewhat and explain to her, you know, make her stop and think what she's doing and pointing out that, you know, when we're, uh, you know, when we're grieving, we don't make the best decisions sometimes. The hurt inside can fuck with your judgment, but that's not your dad. No matter how much you want him to be, or how much you try to program him to be, he'll never be your dad. And Tithia's witnessed him breaking down, and she says right there that she knows it's not her dad. But I thought, I thought, it, I thought it would work this time. And you know, Tommy Clone was fucked up from the start, mixed in old memories with fucking fairy tales. But I thought with Dad, it's not your and, dad. And. Uh, and Catherine Pride, great job in this scene here. This has been kind of a emotional season for um, Tithia, losing Debbie in the season opener. We had her, uh, and Catherine Pride did a great job there. Um, and now, you know, trying to find her place in the world without her parents, and maybe her place in the world with... Not if Replacement parents. Um, she's done. Catherine's done a great job all season, but Tithia's been a very. Oh, it's been Time's it's up. been fun to follow her oh. journey oh. this season. Good. It's time for bed. Yeah. And. Okay, uh, but uh, do you think that you could uh, help me with something first? Of course I will. Is it your homework? Um, sorry. And. Um, if you'll remember the season opener where we had Debbie die, What's the problem? Um, uh, 
This isn't the exact piano piece that was used in there, but it's very similar, uh, both by Kevin McLeod, who does our, our music. Um, and I did that on purpose because I... I see nothing wrong. I don't know, I kind of wanted to to harken back to that in a way, I guess. Uh, the, the, the loss there the, with losing her mother and... You know, even though this isn't Tithia's dad, um, Let me get you hooked up. I don't see how that Just trust he me. still sort of is, and this is still very difficult for her. But this better not be a roof and so lady. I kind of want the uh -oh, music well, to. I haven't forgotten that it's well after I don't know, your bedtime. Reflect that. Oh, right. Oh, Dad. It won't take long. Very well. And okay. so we now have. Hold still. Tithia kind of tricking Proc into Proc 2.0 into uh, I love you, Dad. <laughs> helping her when really she's putting him down. And. I think the silence there was just, the I don't know, I, the, ma the machine winding down, home to and then just a little bit of silence Featuring was, of hopefully, you know, invoke some emotion, because I felt like it was a very sad scene. And that is it. Now Brian we have the credits being read by Brian Reed. And that is it for the Kingery episode six, season eight. I hope that uh, I wasn't too boring. I know it's. Uh, I've been sitting here talking to myself for a little bit. It feels like so. Yeah, I don't know how it's how it all turned out, but um, I enjoyed both writing and mixing this episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Next month, um, Susan Bridges wrote uh, the next episode, and I am actually taking the month off, and it will, we will have um, Jeffrey Bridges, Susan Bridges, and um, uh, Paul Brueggemann, who will be stepping in and directing actually both uh, episodes um, 9 and 10. So um, you will hear from them next month, and the story will continue. So thank you very much for listening, as Jeffrey just said there, and um, come back next month for the, for the Kingery. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.